0: quite evasive, at last I've got you, I was quite persuasive, from now on you'll be sure to linger, any place where I may be, around my little finger, you'll keep twisting constantly because I got you, and I'm going to hold you, at last I've got you, like I always told you, and if you think you'll never leave me, well you've got another guess, Gotcha, got you, got you, will I watch you? Have I got you? Yes, I say I got you. Use is in mind power. Oi! oy, oy got you Gotcha. Now's the witching hour. It took one look for me to spot you. That's the greatest love I've known. You're really some top notch. And I got you all alone. I say I got you. Ain't gonna lose you. Oi, oi, oi. Gotcha. How could I refuse you? There's no one, no capture, you're the very one I need. I've got you, yes, I must confess, got you, yes, indeed. Oh.
1: to this week's uh, Old Codger Musical Expedition. We uh, opened up the program with Memphis Minnie, and she sang Down in the Alley. Then McKinney's Cotton Pickers performed a tooth called I gotcha. Well, uh, Old Codger here every week on WFMU, one hour of 78 RPM records and breezy patter. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I want to take this opportunity to send a personal message over the airwaves. By preface, I've suffered from uh, many ailments in my life. I've I've had blackwater fever and catalepsy. I've had Chilblains, Scrivener's palsy, dyspepsia, lumbago. I've suffered from scrumpox and grocer's itch. I've had swamp sickness, uh, trench mouth, and Saint Vitus dance. I've endured sixteen pandemics, including the dreaded 1941. Chattanooga choo-choo flu. I survived that while countless others succumbed to big band fever. And I'm still here, functioning at well above uh, 50% of the national average in my age group. Uh, Granted, it's a shrinking demographic. But but still, uh, cognitively, I'm at the top of my game. I still have uh, full bladder control. My third set of dentures are stable. And I can still thrill the ladies. I recently had another blood test. And the results were the same as ever. It's red. And it's hot. So, for the most part, I feel mighty fine. The only pain I'm having is the one in my ass. And it's called you. You know who I'm talking about because you're listening, Red Butler. Well, I'm tired of hearing about your so-called miasma. Your complaints have been entered On today's I-couldn't-care-less docket, you're just maladjusted. You should locate a karmic chiropractor who can realign your deformed soul. And I I need you to stop calling me. My phone number, for those of you who don't know it, is 6. But, Red, please, forget it. This has been a public service announcement from the old (laughs) codger. Yeah, having, having gotten that off my chest, we can now proceed. To some excellent music.
2: I lose my mind till I get there. I long for that old country,
3: that
2: good for the soul country. Good for cooking things that melt in your mouth. Oh Lord, when my cousin Cindy Lou plays a twilight hymn to you, she makes that old piano exactly like brand new i long for that moon country that's where i should be because that old moon country is home to me
1: Goldcats are here, fulfilling my uh, obligation to the public trust to present to you good music for an hour every week here on WFMU. We heard uh, Joe Bonuti on the violin, Eddie Lang on guitar, and they did Sunshine. Hoagy Carmichael sang a song he wrote called Moon Country. We heard the Keller Sisters and Lynch with the Gold Kit Orchestra uh, doing Sunday, and we ended up with Merritt Brunies and the Friars in Orchestra with the Masculine Women. Feminine men. Well, Old Kaiser here. As I said, uh, I've lately been featuring uh, Gus Bodenheim. Uh, he's Maxwell's kid brother. You hear Gus on my program, uh, Extolling virtues of uh, Sly Weasel Bourbon, a proud sponsor of the Old Kaiser Radio Hour. Uh, Gus's big brother, Maxwell, might be alive today if his chest uh, had been bulletproof. Uh, Gus is very touchy about criticism of Maxwell. He he stresses that any impertinence about Max will be swiftly countered. Uh, Gus, you don't want to run afoul of Gus. He has a black belt in whapping people upside the head. Now, I don't think it's impertinent to point out that Maxwell Bodenheim gave uh, drunken sexual predators a bad name. Max was more often clobbered, denounced, uh, hung by his ankles, and kicked down a flight of stairs. Than any literary figure in history, you can look this up. Maxwell tops the career leaderboards in all four categories. He was once tossed out of the Minetta Tavern so fast that he established a new mark for exit velocity. And Max wasn't much of a poet, and he was an atrocious novelist. But he had talent. He was renowned for writing eloquent book summaries on dust jackets. He was sometimes referred to as the Dostoevsky of flap copy. He slept on park benches and was a, a regular patron of the drunk tank at Bellevue. Oh, but we had fun. Maxwell and I once staged a uh, literary debate in Chicago. The topic was resolved that people who attend literary debates are imbeciles. We packed the auditorium. I went first. I, I, I took the affirmative that people who attend literary debates are indeed imbeciles. So I walked slowly to the podium and I looked out at the audience. I looked to the left, then I looked to the right, and then I announced "There's proof of the affirmative. Then Bodenheim took the podium. He scrutinized the audience. Then he looked over at me, and he said, you win. (laughs) Yeah, Max was a fair man. He was insane, he was cruel, and he was debauched, but he was fair. His kid brother, Gus, is also a lot of fun, When you want some fun, remember the family motto. It's all about the Bodenheims. Of course, uh, Gus is the new official spokesman for Sly Weasel bourbon. He's been uh, producing new commercials for this fine sponsor of the old Kaja radio program, or as we refer to the brand, a revenue generator. So, listen to Gus and break open a bottle of Sly Weasel.
4: Elmo Lincoln, original Lord of the Jungle. (laughs) More like a world-class pill and a leopard-skin slip. Everyone was always itching to tell him off. And how. But only one person had the guts to do it. That's right. Yours truly. My secret? Sly weasel bourbon. Liquid courage, nothing. Why, this stuff is sheer molten malevolence. That ape man never knew what hit him. And I'm pretty foggy on the details myself. But it's a familiar kind of fog. A sly weasel fog. Whether you opt for the creepy Deacon's Choice vest pocket sippy pouch or gopher broke with the family size lost weekend handle, Sly Weasel goes down flaming and comes back up screaming every time. And woe betide the hapless bystander, whether he be clad in civvies or moth eaten loincloth.
5: Attraction. T- half as much as some
2: Not much. Long as legislators give the nation syncopation, we, the people, have to keep happy, have to keep snappy. We, the people, gotta have rhythm and
1: to us.
6: Y a kon Paris? Il court après toutes les
1: And I hope you enjoyed that set of music. We uh, opened up with Billy Cotton and his band and a song called Skirts. Uh, Fats Waller, the great Thomas Fats Waller, and we, the people, heard the Boswell sisters uh, singing the song Rainy Days. Uh, The James Cook Orchestra did Jungle Jazz and Josephine Baker with "Silly." the Old Codger here on WFMU playing 70 RPM records like their you-know-what. For years on this program, I have been touting the health benefits of Rancho Malario cigars. And today, we are proud that the uh, makers of the fine Rancho Malario cigars have decided to pay for advertising on the Old Codger radio program. yes. They have decided to put their money where my mouth is. Well, I did not write this ad copy I'm about to read. It was written by uh, Gus Bodenheim, who has the same literary flair as his dead older brother. The next time you get a hankering to shove a flaming, stinking shaft in your ugly craw, why not pick up a malodorous rancho malario? That's my cigar, and it might as well be yours especially not it's got your slobber all over it. They say these stogies are rolled on the thighs of Cuban stevedores, and one puff will tell you that that ain't just hoopla. Set one ablaze. Savor the blunt, forced taste. It will traumatize your tongue. And then bask in the aromatic boorishness of Durancho Malario Gran Corona, uh, the bronze medal nominee at the 1953 Dos Filcos Viejos Exposition. Or make do with a stubby, mildly carcinogenic Rancho Malario Robusto, uh, pre-bitten in case your dentures are slipping. Light one up now. You'll soon be wheezing with delight. In no time, you'll be spitting out Cuban thigh hairs and saying, Rancho Malario, eso es un cigarro supongo. Rancho malario do not buy any other brand. If you do, you you will be horn swaggled. Don't don't ever let anyone swoggle your horns. <laughs> I once, ah, never mind. Ah, Lorda I've got to go take a pee. Can you start the next record?
7: Dance. I wish you could see it. Oh, it's very breathless. One leg's up, now the other. I'm doing the split. Listen to the taps, they're marvelous. Now I think I better sing. Listen, chaps, you've often paused to wonder what made Miss Blank Mr. So and So. To you it seemed a most amazing blunder. I whisper you the answer, then you'll know. Everyone got sex appeal for someone, or many of us wouldn't be here. Even the Gigi's prove this rule. They're attracted by the donkey, or there'll never be a mule. Look at Queen Elizabeth, whose feature's quite appalled. The Virgin Queen, they called her, yet many she enthralled. The Duke of Essex gave the lie to what she's always called, so she must have had some sex appeal for him. Sex appeal, some curse and others bless it. But whoever coined that hyphenated word would never say some do, some don't possess it. Such a statement would be obviously absurd. Everyone's got sex appeal for someone or many of us wouldn't be here. Even the GGs prove this rule. Attracted by the donkey or could never be a mule. There's the Indian damsel at a fair who wear a handsome swain. She's got the world tattooed all over her, which makes her very plain. But he's gone to live in India, although he's keen on Spain, so she must have had some sex appeal for him. For instance, there's a lovely girl on whom you've got a crunch, but she married someone undersized who looks like Mr. Punch, and they go to bed at 6 p.m. and don't get up till lunch, so he must have had some sex appeal for her. There's a shop girl working daily, nine to six, without a rest. She married a night watchman at a jewellers shop up west. So neither of them ever sees the other one undressed. But they must have had some sex appeal for each other. Everyone's got sex appeal for someone, or many of us wouldn't be here. Even the horses prove this rule. Attracted by the donkey, or that never be a mule. There's a little chap who married someone statuesque and grand. He's worn himself to ribbons, at least I understand. Through climbing up the kisser and sliding back to land. So she must have had some sex appeal for him. Vodio Doe, Vodio Doe. There you are.
8: This girl, this girl, has boys all craving, sets them raving Every time they see her passing along What a girl, what a girl, she's a real-life petter, a sweetheart getter When I tell you, I'm gonna tell you wrong Has she lift those boys' door, does she know what she got them for Oh, you have no idea Ashy eyes that are full of love, do they show what you thinking of? Oh, you have no idea. I wanna tell you, she's got that what she what you what folks can't explain And say that what you what you what would make young Lindbergh burn as plain Does she step when you take her out? Does she know what it's all about? Oh, you have no idea
9: So does she make a lot of college boys?
8: spend all the room and just to buy her toy Oh you have no idea you can't imagine what she does to them. And does she baffle of the thrush and soft, the juniors and the gray-haired fro Oh, you have no idea between you and me and the lamppost. She's got a loud, loud chump. Say she is a dream. And with that loud, loud chump, she wrecks the Princeton football team. Can she vamp any full grown male? Could she make out a cheer for Yale? Oh, you have no idea.
10: I never cared to share my devotion Love never touched my heart I knew nothing of the thrill in store I never dared to show my emotion now I'm about to start Funny, I have never felt this way before mm, there's something in the air That warns me to beware tonight There's something in the air in the breeze, I never saw the stars so bright, there's something in the air, though I find there's danger in your eyes, the thrill is new, I've been blind, but now I realize one. I feel it everywhere, so whisper you'll be mine tonight, there's something in the air.
1: almost over, so I've got to read you the list of the songs we heard. We opened up with King Oliver and his Dixie Syncopators and the famous tune Deep Henderson. That recording was from 1926. The song was composed by Fred Rose. Uh, Many of you know Fred Rose as a famous writer of country songs. He uh, later teamed up with uh, Roy Acuff and they founded the publishing company Acuff Rose. We heard Roy Smack, the great guitarist, uh, ukulele. He played... uh, Steel guitar, everything. We heard the bugle call rag. Ronald Frankow, singing. Uh, he was accompanied on the piano by Monty Crick. And they did, Everyone's Got Sex Appeal for someone. You may remember Ronald Frankow from the, uh, the Cabaret Kittens. Uh, unless you were born yesterday. After that was the Ponce Sisters. And oh, you have no idea. Ruth Edding, sang there's something in the air... And we finished up the program, the music with John Kelly and Tony Gattuso, which Satan takes a holiday. Where's your codger? Just a reminder that I am available for personal appearances at your house party or your lodge function or at weddings and even barbecues. I will bring two Victrolas and a box of 78 rpm records, good ones, real good ones, and I'll play music that will make all your guests want to cut a rug. Uh, and make them start uh, setting the woods on fire. Well, not literally. To uh, book an appearance, contact uh, Lola Bell Pancake. She's my agent. She will give you a rate sheet and my required backstage amenities, which include a bowl of herring and sour cream and Alka-Seltzer. Lola Bell can be reached through her agency, the uh, International House of Pancake. This is your codger. Again, goodbye. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM. And they tell me it's online at WFMU.org, but I don't have a clue where that is. Back next week. Goodbye.
11: Hey, Butch, what are you doing? I'm making dolls. Making dolls? For what? We use them at my Dalgarian worship station as a guided contemplation perspective object. You hold it and imagine yourself as different sizes, like really, really big or really, really small. Oh, that's cool. What are the heads made out of? Allspice. No way! Can I sniff the doll's head? Sure. Man, that smells so good. May your head be filled with the same sweet aroma of good intent. Shemp jive. Shemp jive. Hey, look at this in the listings in the paper. The 70s show we were on, The Companions, is being aired today. The Companions? That was forever ago. And hey, they never finished filming it. How are they going to show it? It says here they completed it with narration from one of the creators, Hardy White. Creators? Man, most of those ideas were ours. I'm willing to not take credit for it. Uh, Me too, I guess, now that I think about it. Still, it'd be fun to check it out after all this time. I honestly don't remember what it was about. It was about Hardy being a dummy. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like one of those dolls where you pull the string and it says a line. I imagine I have a finite amount of things to say. I know I have a finite amount of memories. There's not very many of them. I know I only have one real message. Don't sink. Don't swim. Float. Don't sink. Don't swim. Float. I imagine I have a finite amount of things to say. Not many things to say, but gratitude in my soul and love in my heart. Sometimes I feel like one of those dolls where you... Pull the string and it says a line. Not many things to say, but gratitude in my soul and love in my heart. I know I have a finite amount of memories. There's not very many of them. Don't sink. Don't swim. Float. I guess what I mean is you can't separate yourself from all the things that are happening around you. You must take them into consideration. You must keep your eyes open. Maybe you don't have that much in you, really. Maybe I, Hardy White, am very, very simple. I am a big dummy, I am sure. But I know some things, and I cherish those things, and I cherish the memories that I do have, and I especially cherish my ability to notice. Oh, I try always to notice not many things to say but gratitude in my soul and love in my heart when i was a house my perspective changed my consciousness occupied the entire house so i was at the same time the whole house all the rooms the roof everything and also the tiniest part of it every wire every board every nail and even smaller every atom of the boards i was aware of i went deeper into myself, and when I did, I found whole worlds, populated worlds, with people and cultures and histories all so small and unaware of us and we them. But by knowing they were there, living in a universe in a board in a shelf in my kitchen, opened my mind to the realization there were giant worlds as well, and lots in between. I am causing the very small and the very large to be separate. I am the observer. None are small to themselves. None are giant, but by comparison. I learned this when I was a house. There are people in my cupboard." A lot of people don't understand the world that Butchie and Lou and I live in. It is very exciting, but it is also very scary and dangerous because Everything we imagine can become our reality. If you wanted to make a fantasy world and you wanted to make it seem like there was a robot, giant robot or something, flying out of the sea, you'd have to use all sorts of computer things or models. We don't. The minute we imagine a giant robot flying out of the sea, it flies out of the sea. And then we have to deal with it, because we've put this thing into the universe. Maybe it was made because of some other problem. But i got to be honest with you, we spend most of our time dealing with the consequences of our solutions. And so, we have lived in this world, Lou and Butchie and I, for a while. And you know, if you had power over a universe, it's very difficult not to imagine yourself the largest thing in it, the most powerful thing in it. It is difficult to imagine that you are the smallest thing in the universe, the tiniest little thing, something that can't really affect everything else. Whose fantasy is that? So my friends and I, we strike something in the middle. We pretend to be pretending. That way it seems gentler. So... If we imagine ourselves great time travelers, we imagine ourselves great fictional time travelers. We imagine ourselves in a story in a story. And that way we are safe. So you see, my friends and I were in a television show. And you say, were you really? Well, what's really? In our world we were. All the consequences and all the Things that happen to you when you're in a TV show happen to us, I guess, I imagine, because I imagined. So I don't really know. But you see, we wanted to be in a kind of adventure show, and there were adventure shows on the television and everything, like maybe Doctor Who. I don't know if you've seen it. You don't need to see it. But uh, he was a time traveler, you see, and he always had a what they call a companion. I don't know if there's a euphemism, but he'd have a friend go with him. And the friend was usually not very powerful. Sometimes it was an equal, but usually it was just folks to go with them, somebody to spend some time with you. Like maybe an elderly person hires you to just sit there and say, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just hiring you to just be, take up space because I get lonely. Try not to talk because I'm smarter than you. That kind of elderly person. But anyway, so uh, we were uh, approached about doing a show that was going to be like Doctor Who, but just companions. You know how they had uh, cereal? They had um, Captain Crunch cereal. Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. And then they came out with a cereal that was just the berries. Just berries. So that's what this was like. This was like Doctor Who and his companions, but no Doctor Who. Just the companions. Hmm. It'd be like a Robin spinoff of Batman or something. So That doesn't sound too good. Well, I got to tell you. But... We consider ourselves companions, friends already. What a great opportunity to let our imagination soar. You know, we could come up with our own stories. And a story that appealed to us would be one where something very simple was mistaken for something very complex, that something very powerless was taken for something very powerful because of perspective. You know how that is. You've seen movies where they shrink somebody down and they go, that thimble is a a huge, what is that, an obelisk? No, it's a person's thimble. It looks like a building because it's perspective. If you're very tiny, then that thing is large. Likewise, you could be saying...